0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. Crazy that the Oilers Leafs game just got canceled after it was 3-1 Oilers. Nothing else happened. There's nothing else to discuss. As far as I'm concerned, the Oilers won that game and we had a good time in Toronto. Let's get into it with the lead. The lead coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio. Check them out online, sportscloset.ca. I'm going to be hitting them up for my fresh jersey for the Oilers playoff run. You should too. Why not? Welcome into the show, Oilers Nation. Every day, we are back in Edmonton after a fun Nation vacation. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the weekend and everything that went along with it here around the Nation. We are live on the Nation Network YouTube. Where I see the chat is buzzing. Smart Cowboy. Very disappointing loss, but nice to see that the leader stepped up to the plate post game. Shows great character. Good, strong team dynamics. If you miss that our friend Smart Cowboy, is referring to the fact that after the game, Edmonton Media requested Vinny DeHarnay and Ryan McLeod to be two of the post-game interviews. The Oilers veterans in the room stepped up, erased their name off the whiteboard, which is a thing, right? The name goes on the whiteboard. Players know who's going to be available. Media knows who's going to be available. Wiped it off, wrote a couple of veteran names on there instead. I think it was Nuge and Kane who went on uh, to to do the post-game avails. I I think a little bit too much got made out of that. I actually don't even know really why it had to be much of a story at all. Seemed like a pretty, I don't know, standard kind of thing to do. Also, for a guy like Ryan McLeod, he's been around the league a few years. If he had to, you know, talk about that mistake a little bit, a game-defining mistake, I wouldn't have had a problem with him speaking either. But, I mean, it it, it does show that the room's tight-knit, right? They're aware of kind of what caused that game to go the way it did. And we'll break it all down uh, in just a second. But first, I bring in my pal Liam Horbin, who's got the Dustin Penner jersey hung up behind him. He's got the Shored Park Crusaders cap on as well. Bad weekend for the Oilers. Good weekend for your Shored Park Crusaders in AJHL action, though.
1: Yeah, we split the weekend uh, on home ice, but we came away 10-1 winners on Saturday night against the four McMurray Oil Barons. So that was was massive. 142 penalty minutes combined. So it was... uh, Definitely oh, playoff vibes down at the Randy Rosen rink on Saturday and a uh, big game three and four on Tuesday, Wednesday, I think.
0: Ah, there you go. Well, uh, it should be, it should be an intense one. Would not like to be the uh, referees for a 140 penalty minute weekend there. Mm-hmm. That does not sound like fun, uh, but if you're looking for good local hockey, the Shirt Park Crusaders are a good spot to do that. Uh, back to the weekend that was just catching up on what you're all saying. You have a lot of takes on the nation network YouTube right now. Ryan says, yes, some of our less experienced players fumbled that game for us during that second period. However, you can't win every game. And I hope they learn from those mistakes. The only thing I'd like to see in those losses is more physicality. Edmonton can be unbeatable when they play fast and physical. And I kind of agree with that. I'd like to see Edmonton ratchet up the intensity a little bit, play with a bit more like desperation. I feel like they lacked that at times against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It ultimately was a 7-4 defeat. The Oilers' big guns, as you can see here, they showed up. Dreisaitl scored, McDavid had a three-point night. Bouchard and Nuge each picked up two assists. Bouchard's getting pretty close to hitting a pretty big signing bonus as well when it comes to his assists. On the opposite side, man, the Leaf superstars were just as good. Austin Matthews was engaged in that hockey game. Mitch Marner, as you can see here, with a four-point game. John Tavares picks up three points, including a couple of goals. We talked on the pregame show, Liam, and I know you weren't there, about how important it would be for the Oilers special teams to be solid in this matchup. Two teams that honestly match up pretty well, five V five against each other. Edmonton one for three on the power play. That's all fine. Edmonton two for five on the PK. I mean, coming into this game in the last five seasons against the Maple Leafs, their penalty kill was 58%. It was 60% in this hockey game, flat out not good enough. The PK and the goals against are. If this team gets sunk in the playoffs, I think it's fair to say, and we've now seen it against a handful of good teams, it'll be goaltending and penalty kill that kills them.
1: Yeah, there was definitely... This game felt like one where the other shot themselves in the foot, but it felt like as soon as the Leafs were able to get that momentum, it was going to be tough to come back from, and that's exactly what happened. They were maybe a bit unlucky on the Tavares power play goal where it bounced off Nugent Hopkins' ankles and went right to him, but... At that point in the game, felt like it had already kind of gone, and yeah, the others just weren't able to get back on the motor. But eventually, you would like to see them hold on to a three-one lead, or at least you know be able to come back from it, maybe, and not allow three. What was it? Three goals in like a minute, or some, three minutes or something. It was kind of nuts, but yeah, it was a it was a tough one. It seemed like there was a good vibes in there for the Leafs on the, on a Saturday night. So difficult one to play on the road.
0: Uh, Rob Rose, anyone else think that slash from Tavares on day Arna should be more than a fine. I will talk about that in just a second. Uh, Joel says, I wonder if Jay Tyler, Liam still would rather watch McDavid get points over a dominant team. I personally would take the win with no points for McDavid over a loss with three points for McDavid. I am standing by my take from last week, man. I mean, this team's going to go to the playoffs. Yeah. It'd be fun to, you know, Again, it would have been fun to watch them win that game, what, 2-1? Is that what you're saying? And it's a tight, checking, close win? That'd be great. But that game against the Leafs was also wildly entertaining. And at the end of the day, I I, want to be entertained by these things. The Oilers are going to the playoffs Mm -hmm. this year. There really isn't much of a chance for either Nashville or Calgary to catch them, in my opinion. I think the, the road to climb is just too steep for those two clubs. And I know Nashville's got some games in hand, but Edmonton still right there. Uh, neck and neck with Seattle. They're not too far away from the LA Kings, although maybe that's starting to get a little bit tough to see them catch in LA. Head to heads will be the saver there. And against Vegas, I mean, you're eight points back of them right now. We'll, th- we'll talk about all this later, but let's stay focused on the game and get into our three big things for AMA Travel, who are our partners of all of our nation vacations. We had a couple of good ones this year and it was a fun weekend in Toronto. All thanks to our friends at AMA Travel. And that's where I'm starting. Number one, it was a big weekend for nation events. Here's a nice picture of the group out at our pregame party. And I'm, oh man, I'm blanking on his name. But the guy who ran this bar actually played one game for the Edmonton Oilers. And he had signed cards he was giving out for everyone. So shout out to Wayne, who uh, was awesome in hosting our party. Shout out to everyone who came on this trip as well. I know there was a bunch of regulars who have been on a few trips as well. Uh, Connor Mitchell, we had a great time. He's a great 10 science teacher up in Fort McMurray. He had some good stories to tell. Uh, Graydon, who won our draw Uh, that we did on the show for a spot on the trip. Him and his girlfriend were out with us and it was his birthday on the Saturday as well. So what a great 20th birthday present for Graydon. He was a beauty, a lot of fun to hang out with. I know I can't get through everyone's names here, but it was a great time out in Toronto. It was a quick trip, but it was a good trip. That's sweet was electric as well, especially when the Oilers were up 3-1. It was a little bit more electric. Uh, so we had a good time out in Toronto. But that wasn't the only Nation event that went on this weekend. Uh, they had the Oilers Girls Night Out down at Soho on the weekend too. And I know they raised some money. There was a big charitable aspect of all this. They were selling the pink and white Oilers Nation shirts, which looked really cool as well. Um, the bar was packed. It all went for a great cause. It was awesome to see a night like this when we were uh, so close to International Women's Day, which came last week as well. Awesome night, awesome event. And I know uh, Kylie and Kennedy were big, big parts of this and they did a fantastic job. All the women involved just absolutely killed it. I know a bunch of Oilers Media stepped up and helped out with this. The silent auction looked great. Um, So a good night down. Shout out to Soho for being good hosts there. And then this week... In terms of what's going on around the nation network, we have our friends from Germany coming. And I saw they made this post earlier today. They are in the airport. They are ready to get to Edmonton. Uh, nation Dan was telling me they got some really cool meetups planned and stuff like that. I think we're going to have some of them maybe pop on a show at one point or another. So uh, shout out to our friends from Germany and uh, the Oilers Nation German team who are coming out this week. and to watch a ton of hockey. And they will be at our 15th birthday party. On Saturday, which is another big event we have coming up this week. If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, NationGear.ca, $20.07, like 2007. That ticket into the party, one proceeds are going to charity. We have a prepaid drink. You get a limited edition Oilers Nation t shirt and a swag bag and a chance to win some signed jerseys, all for just $20.07. So again, I'm going to do it right now. You go to NationGear.ca, it is the first thing there. Oilers Nation since 07. $20 and seven cents. It is all going to, it's going to support free play for kids. And we are going to have a very good time. I got my pro serve. I'll be behind the back bar for a little bit. So if you show up early and you want to cash in your prepaid drink, I'll be the one pouring it up. Order something wildly complicated. I won't be able to execute it, but that's fine. Uh, We're going to have a good time this week. It's an exciting time around Oilers Nation. So that was my first big thing. Liam, you fired up for the party on Saturday.
1: I'm very excited for the party on Saturday. It's uh, I didn't realize how busy it had kind of been around Oilers Nation these past this yeah. past weekend, and even like the Germans are in town now, like you said. And the party on Saturday. Let's just just hope the Oilers can get three wins in a row this week, and just make it a just a good week overall for the Germans while they're <laughs> here too.
0: Lance says it's his birthday on the 18th as well. He's trying to get the day off work to hit up the nation at birthday party. <clears throat> Love it. Hope to see you there. Mm-hmm. Um, Epiphany says, Oktoberfest in March, Nation Network birthday party. I can see Tyler serving up shots with beer chasers on everything. Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? We'll make sure we have a good time. Uh, Let's circle back to the hockey game, though, Liam. And it is the overwhelming theme of that loss to Toronto. It was avoidable mistakes. And I'm tagging this one as simply lessons learned for the Edmonton Oilers. Like, you're not going to win every game. That is totally understandable. And at the end of the day, when you look at how they've kind of handled this really, really tough stretch of hockey games they've been through to play a bunch of the league's best teams and come out of it more or less 500. I think it's impressive. I think on the whole, I'm happy with the way this stretch has gone, but that doesn't mean that Saturday game doesn't sting a little bit because you're up three one and an elite team, I think finds a way to close out that hockey game and not lose it in the fashion they did.
1: I think it's back-to-back Saturdays now where the Oilers could have walked away with with two points, yep. you know, like and kind of losing in different fashions, I guess, which is it's an interesting way to look at it, I think, is like, do the have these games in the wraps if they can just eliminate those mistakes, right? So it doesn't get much easier this, the rest of the way here. There's a little bit next week, Ottawa, Dallas, and Seattle. So that could be a tough mm-hmm. test for them too, but i'm very curious to see how they'll uh they'll respond and they seem to respond actually very well to tough defeats you know we saw it i think it was the carolina game earlier in the season then you bounce back against tampa bay obviously winnipeg last saturday and then you you put in a good FA against the buffalo sabers too and then you beat boston as well so i'm optimistic they can follow this up with some some good results but i would like to see them clean up obviously a few things but to be honest like how often have we seen that where it's like four errors in a row have led to goals? I feel like it was just kind of one of those nights where the others just literally couldn't catch a break, but maybe feeling too confident about themselves. Like that McLeod mistake too. Like he must have kind of been feeling it, you know, to to make a pass like that. And it just an error happened to lead to a goal. But it's the NHL. It's a league of fine margins.
0: Yeah, I like that point. Uh, The bottom line, like when this really tough stretch started and it would have been on February 27th against Boston when they went Boston, Toronto, Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Buffalo, Boston, Toronto. They're four and three. They took care of business against the Sabres and they split every single other two game set. And you're going up against a bunch of teams that don't just have playoff aspirations this year. They also have Stanley Cup aspirations just like you do. So. You go four and three in that stretch, like it's fine. But now the pressure will be to, one, finish this stretch off. Ottawa, Dallas, Seattle coming up this week. You need to get two wins there. But then life gets a little bit easier after that. San Jose and Arizona. like Survive this week, thrive next week is going to kind of be my motto. Go two and one this week. I think you'll be happy with that. Win for us on our birthday, please. And then next week, San Jose, Arizona, Vegas. It's nothing but a sweep. You need to sweep that next week. So an interesting kind of... 14 days coming up here around the Oilers schedule, uh, but disappointing to see the turnovers. I think you're right. It's just, it was a sign of a team that was just getting too comfortable. And sometimes you need that kick in the ass. You need that wake up to be like, oh, yeah, it's the NHL. I can't flutter a saucer pass in front of my own goalie. You know, it's the NHL. I can't make that 50 50 play when I know there's no one behind me and I'm the last defenseman, right? It's just those things. And they'll watch them on tape. I think they'll be better for them. But this also does tie into, Maybe the argument that they could have benefited from one more piece at the deadline. Could they have used another veteran on the blue line? We talked about that. Could they have maybe used another veteran up front as well? Someone who, when games are starting to spiral like that, you can just throw them over the boards and know they're not going to make mistakes. And I just, again, with Vinny having to play the role he is while he's learning what the NHL game's like on the fly, I think that's a lot to ask of the guy. We talked about, you know, should they have put Broberg in for that game instead? And I think they should have. And I'll stand by that right now. And just, I think I'm worried about overplaying Deharnay. And these mistakes might keep coming if you don't handle him properly.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you, Tyler. He doesn't need to play every single day. And it's not anything against Deharnay. It's the fact he's played like 10 NHL games at this point. And I know the player coming in isn't exactly an experienced one in Broberg, but I've Kind of like him a bit more in that Toronto game, like we spoke about last week. Just yep. the, the pace of it all, but the toughness, I guess, is what they wanted to try and get out of Dehane And to be fair, he got it out, he got it out there a little bit too. So yeah, I think there's a, I think there's moments where Dehane works better, but I think it's also about managing your roster a little bit and Broberg would have been a good fit. And plus, like, when is Broberg getting back into the lineup here? He's been out for a little bit now, and I would like to see him playing.
0: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, I would like to see him play too. And Riley in the chat, bring back 11 and 7. I wouldn't dislike that at all. I think you can now, coming off a disappointing loss like that. You're more than justified if you're Jay Woodcroft, if you want to make some changes. We saw today at practice... Uh, Ryan Rashog was the one reporting it, that there were some changes in the way they were practicing, at least. We'll see if it ends up being anything that carries over into the game. But Coston was on a line with Bukestad and Janmark. Ryan McLeod on the fourth line with Devin Shore and Derek Ryan. Okay, No Warren Fogle there is interesting, unless there's an injury in the top six that we don't know about and Fogel staying up there. I wouldn't take Warren Fogel out of the lineup. I think you can reward his consistent stretch of hockey here. If you want to go 11-7, and seven, though, and Ryan McLeod's the odd man out, I think that's sometimes the price you pay for making a mistake like that. And I love the guy. I think he's going to be... I had him as number five on my important Oilers to watch down the stretch. He was on my top five list because I'm really high on what this guy can do when he's rolling, but results-driven game. You make a bad mistake, you might have to come out of the lineup for a game. We talked about how with NHL-quality players sitting out of the lineup for this team, everyone needs to be at their best, and you need to have that internal competition. I think Clem Costin deserves a shot here to get in in a game at some point. I think off a loss, you could pull out Devin Shore if you really wanted to. I think they have options to get Coston in. I think they have options if they want to go eleven and seven. And I don't hate the idea of them going eleven and seven against Ottawa.
1: No, I think uh, I think it might help the blue line a little bit, like we've spoken about. But yeah, I yep. think you gotta you gotta get these guys into games too. You can't just have players sitting on the sidelines for, for a weeks on end, you know. So, yeah, maybe 11-7 yeah. and seven, just to get the rotation of, honestly, Dreisaitl and McDavid through a little bit more might help. And, you know, you've gone through this little stretch here of 12-6, and six and it, it went well, you know. So, yeah, but I agree, Tyler. I would like to see some rotation throughout the lineup. I am a little bit surprised it's not Jack Campbell in the starters net considering the stretch they have upcoming. But maybe that's just the belief the squad has in, the, in Jack Campbell right now.
0: Yeah, and I i mean, I've said this point, I'll keep hammering it. Uh, Jack Campbell starts come when you need to rest Stuart Skinner. I don't think Stuart Skinner needs rest. I think he needs to shake off that performance where he gave up six goals. And again, that wasn't his fault at all. He's your starter. He had a night where he didn't steal you one and you would have needed him to steal it if you wanted to win. He faced a lot of odd man's, a lot of breakaways. Like again, don't take this as me blaming Stuart Skinner, but you give your number one a chance a chance to bounce back after that game. Simple as that. You're not just riding the hot hand anymore. That ship has sailed. We talked about it last week. Skinner's your number one. You treat him like you're number one. You start him against the Ottawa Senators tomorrow, in my opinion. And I like the idea of going 11-7 and seven as well because this is a Senators team that's bleeding chances right now. Five goals against the Flames. Five against the Canucks. Four against the Kraken. Five against the Blackhawks. Four plus goals against in four straight games for the Ottawa Senators. And they played some... Really, not good hockey clubs in there. Seattle isn't scoring as much as they used to. The Blackhawks are junk. The Flames haven't really been able to score much all season. They managed to pop home five. The Canucks are junk. They scored five. If you're the Oilers, go 11 and seven. Let your big dogs feast and try to roll over this Senators team because they're not great defensively and they are still a little inexperienced. So I would, uh, I'd be going with Skinner. I'd be going 11 and seven tomorrow, but we can get into that tomorrow when it's a Sherwood Ford Giant Game Day edition of the show. Uh, some people are talking, you know, Toronto's a bad team. I mean, they're not. Toronto is elite. They're a cup contender. They're second in the toughest division in hockey. They're doing better in a much more difficult conference than the Oilers are. Like, you shouldn't be too embarrassed to admit that uh, if you're an Oilers fan. That Leafs team is really damn good. On mm-hmm. any given night, they're healthy, scratching two really good quality D-men. That's not a luxury the Oilers have. Their top nine is loaded now. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's out, but they're still very, very good. And Ilya Samsonov and Matt Murray have proven to be somewhat competent. I think that's pro. I think their goaltending had rated about the same as Edmonton's, if we're being honest. But when Samsonov's humming along, like he is good too. So I. I I don't well, I you can't call Toronto a bad team. It's just, it's flat out wrong. It's not correct. And yeah, the Oilers lost to a good hockey team, a really good hockey team over the weekend. And that isn't what's frustrating about that result. What's frustrating about the result is how they got to that, right? You're up three, one. You need to have that sort of closer mentality of no mistakes, safe plays only the puck stays around the perimeter and we don't take risks. Ultimately they did take risks and that's what happened. Um, A lot of people saying first round exit yeah man it's gonna be Bolton six we're not talking about that they have a tough first round matchup i don't think they're gonna get out of it but see see what i did there bring bring the people back you gotta throw a little shade to the toronto maple leafs uh yeah i just they're still a really good team though uh number three for my three big things from the weekend is the officiating in that hockey game i saved it for last because it's not the reason the oilers lost that hockey game but still it's wildly frustrating. There was a hit in the numbers that the ref was looking right at. They decided not to call it. It was clear cut boarding. Not sure why that's not a penalty. It's one of the most dangerous plays in hockey and I don't care if it's an oiler doing it or if it's an oiler who's getting hit you need to start calling those in the NHL that should be a topic of conversation this summer and you might be saying well no one got hurt what's the big deal he popped back up if you sit here and you wait for someone to get seriously seriously injured on one of these hits from behind then you've waited too long I just I can't stand those hits in the numbers when you're a foot and a half two three four feet away from the boards, it's just brutal. And I cannot believe that in 2023, refs are still looking right at plays like that and saying, that's fine. In my opinion, if someone is hit in the numbers, don't care the speed or anything like that. If there is a push, your arms are extended into a guy's back and you send him into the boards, you're sitting for two every time. It should be like high sticking. Don't care if it's accidental or not, penalty every time.
1: Yeah, I agree. And like you said, it doesn't matter if someone got hurt or not the the argument is is like well he he could have got seriously and it was a bad it was yep. a bad decision and the frustrating part about that came too was why was every single call a coincidental i didn't really understand how that could even happen like sure like i guess you could argue that from some calls but if that's you if that's your like argument for it then almost every single call should be a coincidental right because like most of the, it's just it's kind of silly the way that all worked out like to see three or four maybe even in that game was just ridiculous and yeah this this slash on Dehane. I guess Dehane was definitely working Tavares over a little bit, but to come down on him like that and then uh, Dehane to get the penalty as well is just crazy because th- the initial penalty wasn't called on Dehane. So why does he get one after?
0: Oh, beautiful point, Liam. That is, You took the words out of my mouth. So as we're watching this play go Dehane, not getting called, not getting called. There's no call, no call. Boom. Now there's a call. The ref's arm goes up when Tavares does the slash. The ref's arm doesn't go up at all while De'Arnais working him in front. Could this have been a penalty here? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. But the point is the arm's down the whole time until Dearnay gets hurt and gets slashed over the wrist. Then you call De'Arnais retroactively on a penalty, but you're only giving him a penalty because Tavares took things a step further. This could have been a game. It should have been a game. It's another greasy, greasy play against the Oilers. In a game against the Leafs where it's more or less going unpunished, John Tavares is going to make back that $5,000 doing, what, one half of a commercial for Canadian Tire or some bullshit? Like, (laughs) it's it's stupid. I know it's the max they can find him under the CBA, but that is way worse than a $5,000 fine. And going back to the officiating thing, the fact that he can whack a guy clean on the wrist and the Oilers don't get a power play out of this because... What? You decided to make up a penalty on Vinny DeHarnay that you weren't going to call initially? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Lance says, remember when Vinny two-handed Boston? Yeah, man. And I agreed with the penalty when Vinny two-handed Boston. But you know what the refs didn't do? Sit there and say, oh, well, Pasternak's getting two as well for the cross-check in front. They didn't do that. They didn't do it. There was a missed call in that game right before Vinny two-handed Pasternak. The refs didn't sit there and say, oh, we're going back and calling that one too because Vinny slashed him really hard, which is the exact shit they did right here. It's embarrassing. Like the NHL, NHL and their officials just can't get out of their own way either. It's dumb. And it's going to continue to drive us nuts as we head through the playoffs because again, infractions go up, power plays go up, but refs hate the idea that they're going to be the one determining the outcome. So they don't want to give a power play there because we don't want to be the ones determining the outcome. The Oilers have a really good power play. Okay, well, you're also determining the outcome by not calling the rule book or making up rules on the fly or just kind of inventing situations where you call penalties because you feel like it. And that's all this was. Tavares Hmm. slashed him really hard. And you go, well, he only slashed him because he was mad because De gave him a shove in front. So what? You gave Vinny a penalty because you didn't want John Tavares to yell at you on his way to the box? It's stupid. It's so dumb. And you could go back through that whole game, the amount of coincidentals. There was a dive they missed, and I know Kane was pissed off about it after the game. Michael Bunting was being a rat. There was a dive they missed. The McDavid-Matthews thing I thought was ridiculous as well. Matthews probably should have gotten a penalty earlier in that game on the hit on McDavid. It's just Prescott says, Tyler, I think what happens there is the ref realizes that the play escalated to that point because he didn't call something sooner trying to grab control of the game, I guess. But you're not grabbing control of the game. If you want control of the game, you take one guy. I talked with Mike McKenna about this earlier today before we did uh, the daily face off before we did daily face off live. And he said the same thing. The amount of times in his career he heard refs come into a scrum and say, we're only taking one. We're only taking one. That usually stops it right there. If you're going to keep taking coincidentals, guess what's going to happen? And it happened in this hockey game on Saturday. Shit's just going to keep hitting the fan. It's not going to stop because guys say, I'll do whatever I want to this guy because I know he's coming with me to the box. Mm -hmm. If you take one, the shit gets cut out of the game immediately because no one wants to put their team on a power or put their team shorthanded. But when all you do is Quincy's, 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 I'm taking both. Shit just keeps going like this. Like, it's dumb. Officials don't realize it. And I, it, it was a really, really frustrating game from, uh, from an officiating perspective.
1: It, it was weird, too, because it's not like the NHL is, is called that way ever. Like you just said, like, you very, very rarely see coincidentals. And sure, sometimes they, they both deserve to go. But that's a virus one. You could, could honestly probably put down that as an intent to hurt. I think it was very clear where the intent for that slash to go was right across his wrist and nowhere near right the where stick. there's no padding.
0: Tavares is a yeah. smart guy. Sorry, Lynn. Like, Tavares is a smart guy. He knows what he's doing here and it's yeah. greasy.
1: And I, I get it. Like, you're getting absolutely worked over by Dehane there. He's, he's giving you wax in the back of the leg, your shoulder, your neck, everywhere, right? You're obviously frustrated and you're not thinking in the moment, but that's kind of the Point of what Deane was trying to do to probably almost draw a penalty, and then he draws it, and then he doesn't get it. And I, I think there was calls in the start of the game too, which there was what was the the McLeod one, which was the the interference, right? And then Bunting goes too, so it kind of worked both ways, I guess you could say. But it's just like, why are we calling the game like this? And like you said, Tyler, like it doesn't clean anything up. Players are just gonna keep doing it over and over again, and obviously grow more frustrated, especially a player like Dejane, who we saw the other week, like someone mentioned in the chat, tried to take a chunk out of Pasternak the other day. I think you could argue that probably could have been a suspension too because that was an intent to hurt. And plays like that can't be happening in the NHL. It's an aggressive sport. Emotions get involved, but you need to cut this shit out. And it's the NHL's officials fault that it gets to this point. (laughs)
0: I mean, and you had bunting too, not wanting to drop the gloves. Like, I mean, if you're going to run around and be a rat, you got to drop the mitts once in a while. Like Evander Kane will fight. He's fought this year and the dude's had a major wrist injury as well. You wouldn't blame him if he didn't fight, but when he needs to, he'll drop the gloves and go. And I mean, a guy like bunting, I just, and Tavares too, like you're going to hide behind the whole, like I'm a star player. I make all this money. I don't need to fight, but you're going to go try to break a guy's wrist while you're heading up the ice. And you're right he knew exactly where he was whacking him there. Like they hit Pasternak on the side of the ribs. Like, okay, I agree. Penalty, you probably going to find Dejarnay too. Um, yep. But like Tavares, is that is blame, man. Like you can hurt a guy doing that. And his intent was not to, you know, give Dejarnay a love tap. Like his intent was to take a piece out of him and hurt him a little bit. And the fact that you viewed that in the same lens as Dejarnay just try to have, a puck battle in front. That play in front of the net where it's a D-man whacking a forward who's trying to get in front of his goalie, that happens 10 times in any given hockey game. Like, I don't know. It it was really frustrating. I know we're pulling up the the bunting and uh Kane incident as well, but like Bunting loves getting protected by the linesman. It's it's not surprising. Like it's what he does. So I don't know. Maybe we should just bury this one. It's 30 minutes into the show. I feel like we've spent way too much uh way too much time talking about this. People saying don't blame the loss on the refs. I'm not. I fully blame this loss on the Oilers taking their foot off the gas and having some atrocious turnovers. They were brutal. They couldn't could not take care of the puck at all. They still lose that game if the refs call it properly. But the point was- is you had guys going down, you had a guy who could have gotten hurt, and the refs are just cool being like, "Ah, we'll make things up kind of as we go." So, whatever.
1: Yeah, I think I, it's fine to to complain about the officiator when you see it. It was literally addressed before we addressed the topic that the refs were not the reason the Oilers lost that game. The reason the Oilers lost that game is because yeah. they were passing the puck to the Toronto Maple Leafs, who were capitalizing it and scoring goals. So, but mm-hmm. it just it's just kind of silly, I think, at this point where you can do just do shit like that. It's got to be sorted out. It's across the league too. Everyone, everybody addresses it.
0: Yeah. Lance says we can all take pride knowing the Leafs will get bounced in the first round. And I mean, yeah, it's going to be a tough playoff series for them. You got Ilya Samsonov going up against Andre Vasilevsky. That is a tough, tough series for the Toronto Maple Leafs to try to win. And when you look at the Oilers, if they can get into one of those Pacific division spots, I'll take the goaltending matchup of Stuart Skinner versus Jonas Corpus before I take Samsonov against Vasilevsky. Right. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit here. Kind of the week ahead for not just the Oilers, but the entire NHL. This Two week stretch is going to determine largely kind of where the Oilers finish. Like, we are firmly down the stretch drive here. Again, Ottawa, Dallas, Seattle this week, San Jose, Arizona, Vegas next week. I think you absolutely at worst need to go four and two in this stretch. And then once this is done, like, you're at the point where there's less than 10 games left in the regular season after that. Like, giddy up, start rolling. The Oilers, you need to be playing your best hockey come playoff time. I think right now the Oilers are. They're not at their A-plus level. I think they've had some A-plus games, like the comeback against Boston. That was impressive, even if there were moments where they didn't look good. They're trending in the right direction. I really do believe that. But now's the time where you get established. You start playing two, three, not dominant periods in a row, two or three dominant hockey games in a row for this, for this team. That's going to be what I'm watching here over the next week. And if you want to try catch the Vegas Golden Knights, listen, they're not going to start magically losing hockey games anytime soon. They were coming off. They've won three straight games. They've beaten the Bolts, the Hurricanes, and the Blues. Two really damn good teams. And you look at Vegas' schedule coming up. They get Philly tomorrow. Later this week, they get Calgary, Columbus. The next week, it's Vancouver and Calgary again. They are playing bad teams and bottom feeders. Vegas is going to keep winning. Edmonton, in turn, needs to keep winning if they want any shot at the division. But if I'm being honest... I, I give the Oilers like a 10% chance of winning the division right now, Liam. I just think the, the gap's too large.
1: I, I don't know where I'm at, to be honest, with the the chance of winning and winning the division. I think if the Oilers maybe lose to Vegas in the next couple of weeks, and maybe I'll put a, close the door on it. But I think until those games are passed and the Oilers kind of see what they can do there, and then the Oilers have some soft games coming up as well, and so – I'm intrigued to see it, but like you said, Tyler, Vegas isn't just going to start magically losing these games. You have to go out and beat them. So that's going to be the biggest step for them. They have to win a divisional games if yep. they want to come close to winning a division, but I think top two is very realistic for sure
0: talk about the schedule for the Oilers, talk about the schedule for the Kings. They get the Islanders tomorrow, Columbus, Vancouver, Calgary and then Winnipeg, St. Louis. So not quite as easy as the Oilers schedule, but again, just some soft soft matchups in the next week baked in for the uh for the LA Kings. The Seattle Kraken, they go Dallas, San Jose and then Edmonton and then next week they're Dallas and Nashville twice. So I mean, Nashville's right there, and that's a big, big stretch of games for the Preds. And at least from the Oilers' perspective, at least both the Kraken and Preds won't be picking up two points in those games. So maybe a chance to separate yourself, that head-to-head game, your final one of the year against the Seattle Kraken, I believe, is is going to be very important as well. Hopefully, Dallas takes care of them tonight at 8 o'clock, one of the three games in the NHL and certainly one that Oilers fans are uh, they are going to want to keep an eye on. Because it's out-of-town scoreboard watching season. Edmonton, again, sitting right behind the LA Kings. One point back of them. Tonight is Seattle's game in hand. And uh, the LA Kings, it was are five points back of them. They do have a couple of games head-to-head. And that could be their saving grace in that, in that season series there. Got to get going. And you got to hope someone hits the bricks here in front of you. That's probably going to be your only way. Because we talked about... Like, hey, if this team plays 500, what's the Oilers record got to be to get in? I mean, you look at that just against the LA Kings now. Let's say the LA Kings, who like the Oilers have 15 games left in the season. Let's say they go eight and seven, which would probably be disappointing by their standards, but let's say they go eight and seven. That means they're going to end the year at 101 points. That means the Oilers need to pick up 21 points in their last 15 games. So you got to go what 10 four and one at that point. You have to go 10 four and one. And that's only if LA goes. A game above 500, like the odds of you getting that home ice advantage in round one is getting slimmer and slimmer, which puts so much emphasis on these games coming up this week. Can't let points slip against Ottawa. It's what makes that letting points slip against Toronto so painful, because if you even would have just held on and brought that game to overtime, at least you're sitting there saying we got half, right? We we got half the job done. We held on. We're you know now four, two and one in this stretch against tough teams, all of that. You can't let points slip, and that's why I think they're going with Stuart Skinner again, because you just can't run the risk.
1: Yeah, and that's a good point. Maybe that is why they the. I mean, to be fair, Jack Campbell hasn't earned the trust at the moment. He had that little stretch around the All-Star game where maybe you could bank on him to get it, but yeah, I think you're right it, with everything you just said there, Tyler. There's There's been so many moments this season where the, the game has been right there for the others to take, and against good teams and bad teams, and then All of a sudden the game ends and the Oilers aren't walking away with, never mind one point, no points. So, yeah, I agree. they got to start wrapping it up here. But the the chat is something today, Tyler. I'm telling you, I've been very distracted by both you and the chat that's been going on. Because magically these Leafs fans have all appeared after they beat us. And fair enough, you were the better team on Saturday. But... There wasn't many of you here last week when the Oilers took it to you on, at Roger's place. It was very yeah. it was a very much an Oilers pro chat on that. Uh, I believe it was a Thursday we, we did the show there. So it's nice to see you all show up. If you're here, like the video.
0: And if you're here and you're a Leafs fan, go subscribe to Leafs Nation on YouTube because that's yes. where you can watch Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill every single day, Monday through Friday, I should say Monday through Friday. At 11 a.m. Eastern Time is when Rosie and Alberg go, and they're also with this. Both going to be at the party on Saturday to celebrate the 15th uh, birthday of Oilers Nation. So we are going to have a good time with uh, with those two. And yeah, if you're a Leafs fan, I, I mean, I appreciate the passion about your team. But you also have your own YouTube channel you can go to. So go watch Rosie and Alberga tomorrow. Uh, they've been putting together some good shows, and you're going to want to watch uh, everything they're doing heading down the stretch here. Liam, let's head to our Betway wrap for this evening. Hit that button there. Yes, sir.
1: All right, fans, if you're still here, you'll like this one. I'm going with John Tavares' shop prop tonight. John Tavares is his shop prop in five straight games and it's even over, what is that, plus 105. That's not bad. And then Joe Pavelski, I believe I can't remember, I think it's three or four, plus 110. Found a couple of juicy ones for this uh, Miss Monday, and uh, yeah, I I like the look of both of them, and I I couldn't believe it, to be honest, that the odds were that good.
0: Yeah, for both of these, that's really solid Mm. payout, so a good job sniffing out a couple of player props. I'm going to load up my betway right now and throw some shekels on that to ride with you. I did tonight... Uh, I did Matthews and McKinnon to each get an assist parlayed at mm-hmm. plus 200. And then I did Rantanen's under because he's been under on his shot hop in eight straight game or six straight games and then I did Max Domi's over because it's set at one and a half and he had hit it in 12 or 13 in a row and then missed last game. So he's in a bounce back spot tonight. So Ranton's under paired with Domi's over and then Matthews and McKinnon to each get an apple. They've each done it twice in their last four games and they're in really good matchups with the Leaves taking on the Sabres and the Abs taking on the Montreal Canadiens. There you go. There's your bets for this evening brought to you by our friends at Betway 19+. plus. Please wager responsibly. I hung out with some of the Betway guys when we were in Toronto. Good dudes. Oh yeah. Really good dudes. We had a really we had a really fun time in Toronto. If you haven't been on a nation vacation yet, I think that's it for this year, but we're going to be cooking up some good stuff for next season with our friends at AMA Travel. Where would you want us to go? There's a good question for the chat. Where should we take the nation vacation next year? I know there's always been a lot of ideas thrown around like I mean, Vegas is a lock. And it, granted, I was chatting with Bag Milk about this. We are at the mercy of the schedule to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Um, If they schedule Vegas two games, both around Christmas, middle of the week, then it's like, crap, how do you pull off a Vegas trip in that time frame? But I I hope we get another chance to go to Vegas next year. Um, If the schedule permits it, I'd imagine we would.
1: Is there one you want, Tyler? Is there somewhere you would like to see the nation vacation go?
0: I think I would like to do California. And do LA Anaheim in one trip. I think that would be a lot of fun. You could bust between the two. We've never done a nation vacation where you get to watch two games live. So I think that would be really neat. You could also maybe do that with New York, but I know New York is pricey and kind of difficult to get to sometimes. So uh, Nashville, Loomis says, come back to Nashville, hundred percent Nashville. I would do Nashville again in a heartbeat. I would love for us to get that going. What a party town.
1: I, uh, my, my one for next year would be, it's not too far away, either a Vancouver, Seattle, I think that'd be a nice little one, you know, but they're not too far apart. You could maybe even get the bus going from Vancouver to Seattle. It's just the distance from Edmonton to Calgary. So I think that'd be a, that'd be a fun little trip.
0: Owen says Arizona. Sure get a chance to go to Mullet Arena and watch the Oilers play. That'd be neat. Pradneski says Calgary. We'll be coming down to Calgary next season. Again, this year, the schedule just didn't really allow for us to take... uh, Well, we did do the one quick thing down to Calgary, but uh, schedule didn't really allow us to do anything too crazy with Calgary. Someone said Chicago. I don't know if that's a great spot to go in the winter. Uh, Les Mm -hmm. says the climate change arena in Seattle looks so cool. I think Seattle could be on the list too, actually. That'd be a neat one. Um, If I had a dream, if my dream three for next year would be... Seattle Vegas Nashville I think would be the three
1: S- Seattle Vegas Nashville I would yeah I think I'd be on board with that one and then a bus trip down to Calgary perhaps if we play them more than once in the sad dome in the sad dome
0: uh, Desker says the mullet is amazing I'd love to check out a game there would love yeah. to but if we're gonna bring 50 Oilers fans down there that's like 10% of the arena how are we <laughs> gonna do that
1: no, yeah on. they probably they won't have a suite like toronto that we could fill up that's shall We yeah we just fill up a whole <laughs> section <laughs> yeah we
0: get a whole section all right uh, we're gonna wrap up today's show tomorrow a short for a giant game day mm-hmm. Oilers and sands edmonton back on home ice looking to get back in the win column it's going to be a fun show. That'll be a fun show. Tune in noon mountain time every single day this week. We'll be getting set for the stretch drive here around the Oilers. Shout out to our friends at Betway Sports Closet and the Sports Closet Studio, Star Mechanical. Check them out, starmechanical.ca. We'll have our guest line fired up on Wednesday when Frank Ciravali joins us to talk about everything around the Board of Governors meeting. Starmechanical.ca is where you want to go for all your plumbing needs in Edmonton. And tomorrow, like I said, short for Giant Game Day. Tons of stuff going on. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Enjoy your Monday, and we'll chat tomorrow.